Hi, this is David Sweet, CEO and founder of Focus Core Japan. And if you were like many of the APAC leaders that I speak to, you're struggling in Japan to find the right talent. You get bombarded with irrelevant resumes or a lack of resumes altogether. I would like to invite you to discover the power of Focus Core's retained search. Let Focus Core help you swiftly secure top tier talent in this candidate short market. I'd like to invite you to shoot me an email and explore how we're different. And with a 100% refundable trial, we can revolutionize your hiring process today. Now on to our podcast. Is it wrong for a vegetarian to eat animal crackers? No, I think it's more like personal choice. Welcome to the Focus Core podcast. I am here today with Hiroki Kosugi, who is the director of business development for TransPerfect, the world's largest provider of language services and technology solutions. So I've known Hiroki for over 12 years, um, which are 13 years. You've been with TransPerfect for 13 years almost, right? Yeah, that's correct. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, welcome, Hiroki. All right. Thanks, David. Uh, thank you for having me. You're welcome. So, if, uh, kind of give us an introduction uh, to you and uh, your path to your current position. All right. Uh, sure. Uh, all right. I'm, I'm originally from uh, Sapporo, Hokkaido. And uh, I was uh, born and raised there and stayed there until I was... 15, you know, uh, finishing up for junior high, and I moved to Shizuoka because, you know, un- until then, my life was about playing soccer, and, and uh, I was quite okay, just in Hokkaido, so I was recruited uh, by a soccer club in Shizuoka Prefecture. Yeah, I mean, trying I to didn't know that. Uh, probably I didn't tell you that. <laughs> Yeah, but uh, yeah, I went there for high school, and, and yeah, that high school is, you know, back then pretty, you know, uh, known for the football club, soccer club, and yeah. yeah, in fact, you know, on my second year, we won the national championship back then, and cool. but, uh, you know, I was kind of, you know, good in Hokkaido, but when I went to Shizuoka, I was average. <laughs> 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 so, yeah, I... I uh, uh, you know, decided uh, you know move on somewhere else, and I I gave up on my dream to be a professional soccer player. Then uh, after high school, I I uh, joined a company called Saga Express, uh, mm-hmm. which is kind of a transportation logistics company similar to Yamato Express, you know, like a FedEx UPS type you know, business. Yeah, yeah, and. Uh, you know, this is my that was my first uh, professional career, and to be honest, uh, it was very uh, tough, I'd say, tough okay. uh, physically and mentally, and and you know, uh, the company nowadays I think operates quite differently than what used to be when I was there. Mm-hmm. But uh, back then, it was really known for you know, uh, company uh, giving a hard time for employees, you know. 
I'm in terms of, you know, for example, I, I, in average, worked almost 15, 16 hours, 15 hours a day and six days a week. And, and wow. but, you know, that, that type of toughness and, and the positive side was, you know, the company back then was, you know, basically uh, evaluating the employees purely based on performance. Mm-hmm. No seniority, no age, you know. So since I was young and so, you know, and energized, I was, you know, able to perform pretty good. And my performance was pretty good, you know, nicely compensated. Nice. So, yeah, I like that company. And, and also that company, you know, it, even though it was a very tough time, gave me some like a basic foundation of, you know, what work should be and you know, what work means, what, mm-hmm. you know, making money means. So now, still to this day, I, I I keep that foundation to in in my in my core when it comes to work. Yep. Yeah, but you know, uh, anyways, yeah, I stayed at that company for five years, and and since you know, I was making quite a good amount of money, even though I was just a high school, you know, uh, graduate. Okay. So I stayed there for five years, but uh, at the end, uh, you know, I I got kind of you know what is called the burned out. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and, and mentally kind of ill. <laughs> so I quit uh, after five years. And, and then the, what I did was, uh, you know, with the money saved, I started uh, backpacking. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. This is my first experience in abroad. Uh, I was traveling, uh, you know, basically Southeast Asia, New Zealand, China, Nepal, India, and, and, and those Middle East com- countries in Europe. I mean, I didn't, I didn't plan to do that uh, more than two months. Just, you know, try to refresh my mind and see what uh, world looked like. Yeah. But uh, it, it's, it's caught me so bad. And then I pretty much did it almost a year. <laughs> wow, that's awesome. So. Yeah. Very rare and wonderful opportunity for you. Yeah, I mean, wonderful in in, in many ways. You know, like I, I said earlier, and this was pretty much my first time seeing a country other than my own country. Mm. So I, I first time in my life saw how the you know other country operates and then how Japan uh, looks like from outside. Yeah. So that's that's gave me a, you know so much new different and interesting perspectives to me. And yeah, that's... That's so important, right? Because it's I hard mean, to understand your culture until you get outside your culture. Yeah, exactly, exactly. You know, why, you know, why, you know, staying in Japan, you see the country just, you know, the way it is from inside and then, you know, different perspectives, the different mm-hmm. parts of I mean, uh, Japan, totally different. That, you know. what, was, what was your favorite country that you went to? Ah... Uh, that's a tough question, but uh, I like New Zealand. <laughs> nice. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, that's where I, I first learned English. Okay. And, and before that, I, I was basically, you know, if you ask me, how are you doing? I probably don't understand. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, I mean, but uh, beautiful, beautiful country. Yeah, I, I did. Uh, when I, I was in first year university, I did the same thing, took off with backpack and went uh Mm. cruising around the world and it's it's just so important this kind of wanderlust uh for young people i think right I don't, I don't see it as much now but it seems to me so important to go and visit other people and learn what they're thinking and and you find out a lot of people are just basically like us 
Exactly, exactly. Yeah, I mean, uh, I totally agree with you. I mean, that experience, you know, made my life 100% different than, yeah. you know, it was before, so. And, and then, but how did you end up, because uh, then you went to the U.S. for school, right? Yeah, that's the uh, next thing I did after backpacking. And it's, it's you know, during uh, my time in India, uh, I think it was a city called Benalis, you know, mm-hmm. Baranasi, you know, the Gandhi's river thing. Yeah, there's a, uh, a few guys uh, who was also doing backpacking, but he was from Chicago, U.S. Mm-hmm. And and he, he he told me that you know uh, in the states you know yeah. it's quite common you know uh, uh, people going to the university even like you know kind of you know uh, late stage of life like twenties thirties even like forties fifties to do you know uh, uh, education again yeah which is not really the case in Japan yeah and I was totally no idea what it looks like but that. You know, uh, 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 meeting with this old guy and hearing about the, you know, how education this bit works, yeah. it made me think maybe this is something I should do next uh, next thing after backpacking. Nice. Yeah, and and then uh, after bus finishing backpacking, yeah, I I you know worked on TOEFL English test, mm-hmm. to be admitted by the university in the states, and I got it. So I went to a university uh, uh, nearby Pittsburgh. Okay. And then I did my undergrad in sports business, by the way. And finishing it up, uh, and I moved to Orlando, Florida uh, for doing my MBA. Yeah. Plus uh, master's in sports business again. <laughs> yep. Then I finished it in 2010. Uh, and interesting, what I learned from my sports business school was sports business isn't me. Isn't my thing. <laughs> It's good to know. Yeah, yeah. Long story short, but uh, uh, yeah, I, I I wanted to make more money than you know what typical sports business you know <laughs> can bring. Yeah. So I I uh, decided to do something you know else, and I was searching for a job. Then uh, a guy uh, named David Sweet. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, I caught my attention, uh, and and he, he he introduced me in the company that I've been working for over the last thirty years, Transperfect. That's awesome. Yeah, yes. that's yeah. Then yeah, time flies by, thirteen years. Yeah, I I got married. Uh, I got two beautiful kids, and I also bought a house. Yeah, and Dude, you're set and, for uh, life. Now you got to sell more. <laughs> what? Now you have to sell more. <laughs> yes, exactly. I'm under 35-year mortgage. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah, I remember yeah. when you came back, because uh, I had just uh, returned from Florida as well in Japan. So we kind of had that yeah, in common. Exactly. And so we'd... Uh, we'd yeah, Florida connection. I, I, one of the things that I think is so important, because we're going to talk a lot about sales today, but uh, I think that... One of the things that highlights that first job out of school is always so important. And I think your your job at Sagawa is huge for one, getting that mental toughness and learning how to to really have that uh, resiliency in in business. Yeah, right. Yeah, I mean, again, I mean, I I, I must say I I was super lucky, you know, uh, Sagawa Express was there. I mean, I didn't choose it. I mean, my someone, maybe my high school teacher, <laughs> you know, probably introduced that position or that company. I mean, I mm-hmm. don't even know how it uh, looks like. But uh, 
what I experienced during those five years, again, that's, you know, mind blowing. That's, that's the, you know, still the foundation of, you know, my work ethics, my work philosophy yeah. and, and yeah. Totally. What, uh, so let's let, to learn a little bit about your psychology. What, uh, what position did you play in soccer? Uh, I was more like a flexible or I was useful for <laughs> different positions, probably that's my strength. I, I didn't, I didn't focus only one position. Okay. Uh, except for goalkeeper, uh, sometimes offense, sometimes defense. Uh, but uh, most of the time I play for midfield. Okay. Uh, that's when I, I, I did some playing in, uh, when I was very, very young and that's, I mm-hmm. always liked that cause you could kind of do a little bit of striking and a little bit of defense mm-hmm. uh, both sides, yeah, right? Yeah. Yeah. But um, so I remember back in the day when uh, I introduced you to TransPerfect, and oh. uh, thirteen years ago, oh. and you you got the job. What what's uh, what didn't you expect when when you went in the first day of work, and uh, you you went and sat down at your desk? What what was that like? Yeah, I mean uh, back then, what I knew was you know the the TransPerfect the company just opened up the Tokyo office mm. uh, one or two years prior to I joined the company and, and, and then the, the, the manager back then was told me uh, you know it's still a small office and, and trying to grow and trying to uh, you know get new business out of Japan mm. and then uh, the first day I, I went into walked into the office and there's only one guy <laughs> in the office <laughs> and, and wow this is a company, you know, and, and yeah. an office. Yeah, it is an office, but it is only one guy. So I was second guy in the office for a while. Yeah. <laughs> and may, things made, I got a little bit worse because, you know, the first guy, uh, probably you remember. Uh, you know, he, uh, yeah, he got, we will skip that part, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Anyway, he, he, he left the company, you know, after a few months I joined. So yeah. after that, I, I was pretty much by myself mm. for a while, almost a year, and, and you know, talking to client over the phone and, and at that time I talking talking to the wall <laughs> to, to myself. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's that's you know, uh you know, that's uh I didn't expect it happening, but uh that was the case. Wow wow. But now you know we have like a more than hundred and fifty people working for the for the office. So hundred and fifty times yes, we got on starting as ago. Yeah, that's one of the hardest. Mentally, I find I I, lo- I didn't mind working by myself, but mentally, I think that's one of the hardest things because you have to keep that motivation going. And exactly, exactly. And mm-hmm. back then, you know, I I, I of course you know, I was hired as a sales, but uh, mm-hmm. I also had to do a lot of different things, like accounting things, buying furniture, you know, paying office rent, and <laughs> going to the bank for you know paying a bill, and that's pretty interesting. Yeah. So let's uh, let's kind of give some context to our listeners and tell them a little bit about TransPerfect. Yeah, what yeah, sure. TransPerfect mm-hmm. and what do they do? And yeah, sure. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, our company TransPerfect uh, it's it's uh, headquartered in, uh, in the states, uh, New York City, and we have a uh, uh, office all over the world, 120 plus uh, offices over the world. And we provide uh, language services. We don't call it translation. We call it language services yep. to, the, to the company who, who strives to grow their business uh, internationally. Yep. Uh, then, uh, yes, uh, since you know I'm in charge of uh, Japan business, uh, yes, my our clients 
know, Japan-based uh, companies who also you know, trying to go uh, business abroad. Uh, mm. you know. Then, uh, yes, uh, we help them uh, in terms of, you know, uh, language components, uh, such as, of course, their websites, uh, their products, uh, their manuals. Uh, they need to localize to their target markets in order to, you know, attract the local clients, for sure. Mm. Then, yeah, that's, you know, uh, what we do. So to be honest, yes, uh, to some extent, we, we, we are a translation company and we provide translation for uh, business interpretation, uh, voiceover, mm-hmm. subtitling. But uh, that's not only us. Uh, we, we, that's a typical traditional translation company does. On top of that, we provide uh, a pretty innovative, innovative uh, cutting edge technologies, language technologies. Mm. Uh, our brand is called Global Link. Okay. Yeah, I mean, we don't. I don't. I don't go too much details on it, but uh, you know, that that's basically uh, to make the user uh, localize their content, text, uh, even like you know, uh, voice data localized super efficiently, cutting their time on time, cost, human cost. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's you know uh, what we focus on, uh, uh, and and that's basically what uh, different us from our competitors. What's uh, what's just to put you on the spot, because I, I this last week I've been playing with uh, Chat GPT, right? Ah, uh, that AI, yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> which are, it's fri- quite frightening, right? You can say, okay, write me up a job description for a CFO, and thirty seconds later, it's done, and it's pretty good. Right. You localize a little bit, yeah. um, and then you say, okay, translate it into Japanese, and it does it. Yeah, I mean, that's, you know, uh, typically how uh, other competitors see about, uh, you know, innovations like right. in, in industry, uh, more specifically machine translation, like Google translation and DPL, and even, uh, you know, uh, local Japan-based uh, companies create machine translation engines. Yep. But, uh, of course, you know, that's cannibalized. I mean, that, you know, uh, probably killed some of the uh, human translation work for sure. Yeah. But, uh positive side of it is you know, because you know the uh, people have uh, other tools to localize content efficiently there are more content that is created for translation to for localization mm. so our markets over the last few years become maybe four or five times than before well they have more content people business has more content to localize more more you know uh, uh, things to attract the market so i mean that's, you know, not my idea, but my CEO's idea. Yeah. So I follow that. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, of course, you know, technology, you know, uh, develops pretty quickly. We mm-hmm. have to follow the market changes. But uh, in our industry, again, we are the one who uh, innovates things, creates new technologies, not, yeah. like, you know, just following what other people are doing. So we are leading it. So I don't That's worry great. about it at all. That's awesome. So... I mean, you and I were we were having lunch, and one of the things we were chatting about. Uh, but you and I are both passionate about sales, right? Yeah. And 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 then both of us. I mean, I do recruiting, but uh, so I recruit, and sometimes recruiting for salespeople, and you're recruiting for salespeople. And we were talking about it's tough to to find a good salesperson, uh, and you're not alone, right? I I hear that from a lot of clients. Well, what? You know, to your from from your point of view, what's so challenging about 
finding good huh. salespeople. Yeah, I mean, especially in my case, in our company's case, mm. uh, you know, uh, like I said earlier, our company is, you know, very US based, you know, center, uh, our products and the services, you know, mainly uh, first introduced in the States and in Europe. Mm-hmm. And then uh, other sales in Japan, you know, uh, I'm, I'm mainly to uh, introduce such, uh, you know, foreign products to Japan markets. Mm. So uh, obviously, you know, uh, being sales here, you know, we need to understand what's going on in the rest of the world and then, uh, you know, getting information uh, on how it works in, in, in the advanced market, mm-hmm. and then try to think about how to localize the product, how to adapt, you know, the, the products for the Japanese, you know, uh, customers, companies, see the, see the benefits out of it. Mm. So, I mean, especially, you know, when it comes to uh, finding good candidate uh, in this market in Japan, obviously, you know, uh, I think you can tell me more, more than I do, but that, you know, it's tough to find a bilingual <laughs> sales for sure, yeah. right? That's a first step. But also who can, you know, understand what's the value, uh, you know, it is for sure, but you know, what value means in our market, in this special market. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that's, you know, uh, something you have to be at. I mean, not only for our company, but any like a US, where Europe-based tech company who try to do a business here in Japan, like Salesforce, Adobe, face the same issue for sure. Yep. But uh, that's you know how I see how it why it's so difficult to find a candidate. Yeah, the, I find that uh, I mean globally, it's challenging to teach a salesperson to sell mm. value, right? Mm-hmm. That's, mm-hmm. that's always seems to be one issue in Japan specifically. Traditionally, we've always ta- we've always sold based on contextual uh. relationships. It's it's about right. building up a lot, and the value comes over partly the relationship, and then over time, yeah. and then you trust them, and then you buy. But it takes years. And coming from Europe, European and American base, where it's like just go sell. <laughs> and make it happen. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I mean, I, 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 I don't, I don't complain about that. I mean, that's the way it is, you know. And, yeah. But yeah, I mean, that's true. Yeah, some, you know, aspect of this uh, Japanese business is so different from the rest of the world, and then the sales sales cycle is, you know, much longer, and it takes, yeah. you know, a lot of time from knowing clients' prospects to. You know, getting the contract signed—it's—it's—it's it's, it's mm-hmm. longer than I guess uh, it takes in in the rest of the world. Yeah, yeah, and, and you know, Transperfect is a very cool tech company, right? And it's uh, yeah, like one of the largest—it's one of the largest privately women-owned companies in the world, right? Uh it's not women-owned no longer. <laughs> really? Okay. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, but uh, yes, yeah, the the just. Uh, I think probably your own company still. And uh, so, I mean, talk more about you know the things that uh, Transperfect's doing for to stay current and and change within the within the market because I think that's an, important for you know survival in in this day, mm. right? Right. 
Yeah, I mean, uh, again, uh, the the things we 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 introduce to our clients to to we we uh, you know sell to our clients you know have been changing quite a lot and quite you know rapidly. Like you know, uh, up until I don't know seven eight years ago, uh, our focus was mainly for just translating documents and providing you know uh, translation services. Yep. But uh, again, uh, I think I'm over eighty or sixty percent of what we sell. At least in Japan, it's more for tech-based, uh, you know, okay. system-based. Plus, uh, we even do provide non-language services nowadays. Last few years, for example, like you know, uh, we, we call we started a new division three four years ago called DataForce. Okay. Yeah, which does uh, you know uh, provide kind of services of data annotation. Data collection for wow. uh, AI products. Mm. Like, for example, if uh, 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 your company wants to have, you know, voice interaction machine, like, you know, if you're a car manufacturer, uh, car navigation, you want to communicate with machine by voice, saying yeah. something, you know, of the window, for example. You know, we, we provide uh, you know, training data for those AI machine in. Fifteen languages. Wow. Okay, that's cool. Yeah, that kind of stuff. You know, that, that division actually has been growing so quickly. Actually, mm-hmm. <laughs> and yeah, we, we do those kind of you know non languages and innovative things, and then basically what clients need us need from us. So yeah, it's it's tough to catch up even internally, but uh, that's negative side. But the positive side is we don't need to worry too much about yeah. our future, I guess. That's great. That's a big job of our CEO and other management. <laughs> so, so let's talk about your career, Hiroki. Mm. What's yep. what's the one? What's one of the most important? What's one of the most important lessons you've learned in your career? Uh well, uh, <laughs> I I learned a lot of lessons. Uh, but uh, probably the best one would be, you know, the uh, like many of the senior or like a you know, successful. Because people in our company, you know, uh, you know, if you stop uh, thinking, learning new stuff about the uh, or you know, developing, growing personally, professionally, yeah. uh, you'll be pretty much dead. Yeah. So I mean, I think it's called uh, Darwinism kind of thing. You know, <laughs> yeah. you have to adapt. You you need to learn a lot of stuff all the time, constantly. I mean, otherwise, you know. You stay as it is, and and probably the, the things around you is going to be changing, and and you're gonna be left behind. Absolutely. So, and then similar thing, you know, uh, 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 in order to learn things, you know, you have to be coachable. Mm. I mean, that's you know, another thing I think you know, uh, uh, the biggest lesson I learned from this uh, my time in this company, you know, of course, I, I my myself has to be coachable, so other people. You know, can give a give me a great lesson, but uh, I also try to be spend time more people with who are coachable. Mm-hmm. My manager, you know, my subordinates, you know, yeah. uh, I like people who are coachable, and, and that's I think important thing. That's huge. Yeah, I I applaud both those because I I wholeheartedly. I mean, one of Focus Core's values is uh, self development because I just think, like you, if you're not developing your mm. skills and it's got to be based on what 
you know, your services or, or your product are, you got to be developing that. And then you got to be developing your technical skills and your soft skills on top of that. Exactly. Um, exactly. I always, always, yeah. Well, I, I always, I'm always told my employees. So every six months you should read a time management book, mm. motivational book, a sales book, and then one based on kind of industry. And out of those four books, every six months, you should be able to stay pretty much just on par with what's going on in the market. 100%. Yeah. What What do you recommend for for people to, you know, develop their skills? Uh, develop your skills. Uh, like you said, uh, uh, you know, uh, reading books and getting information, that's, I think, uh, basics. But uh, to me, uh, equally important is uh, networking skills. Mm. Because, you know, uh, and by networking, I mean internal networking and external networking. Like internally, there are a bunch of people around you, uh, maybe in the same office, maybe in the foreign office, who are always better than you are. And if mm-hmm. you can tell you know, their success stories and then you can duplicate on your own. And externally, you know, uh, of course, uh, people like myself and you, <laughs> yeah. you know, and then, uh, uh, clients, even like competitors, prospects, you know, uh, I encourage, you know, proactively attending, you know, networking events, even not, you know, directly making your business better. You, it might make, makes your personal life better. So mm-hmm. knowing people, yeah, I think that's, I think, key to, to learn new, new techniques and then, uh, industry trends and what, what markets needed. That's, you know. Mm-hmm. That's great. What do I, I advise? Yeah, networking. Yeah. I, um, I'd stress the importance of networking internally as well. We always think about external networking. I think a lot of people forget the importance of networking internally mm-hmm. as well. Yeah, especially this, you know, uh, uh, COVID uh, environment. Yeah. You know, like you are right now, you, people work from home and, 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 and it uh, it uh, gives you a t- tough time to chat with your colleagues and and but yeah. uh, you know we have online tools like Zoom like we are doing right now and that helps you connect with the co- colleagues and even like you know, colleagues in in other countries super easy. Yeah. What um so for salespeople to be successful, what's the most important personality traits that you think people should have? Uh, like coachability, I said, is also an important thing. And, and another thing that comes to my mind is, uh, well, it's not really specific to salespeople, but, you know, I think business uh, uh, individuals in general, I think that applies. But uh, there are basically uh, two things, you know, uh, which is, you know, one, you know, there is something you cannot, you cannot have a control over. Mm. On the other side, uh, there are things that you have a control over. And, and, and quite frankly, I, I think, you know, oftentimes even myself, uh, spend too much time and energy and, and, and wasting it on, on things you have no control over. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, uh, good salespeople, good, good businessmen, I think are good at, you know, more on, uh, focusing more on, you know, what they can, con- they have a, control over like, mm. and, and then and what uh, they're going to do with it 
Mm. That, that's, I think, you know, very, very, you know, important thing for the business person, especially for sales to be successful. Like, you know, in the sales uh, uh, instance, uh, of course, you know, you have managers and, and, and clients. But, you know, what, what's, you know, the manager uh, uh, demands on you? And what goal uh, they set to you? Probably they don't, you don't have control over. But, you mm. know, some people, me sometimes too, you know, think too much about, oh my gosh, this is my goal. No way I can hit it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, but I, instead of doing that, you know, uh, think about what you can do to, to meet those goals and mm. then, you know, think about the strategies and then what your daily activities should, be, should look like. Those are the things you know you can control, and 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 you can make difference by how you act on it. So, my advice, you know, that's great. On what what you can you can change on your own. Yeah, I think um, being able to to see that and and act on what you can control is the crux to being successful in business, especially in sales. I had. Oh. Uh, I, uh, Ray Chandler, uh, Steve Chandler is a motivational coach and uh, teacher. And one of the sales things he used to say, which I thought was so good, was take your target that your boss gives you, uh-huh. double it. And then you figure out how to do it when you're doubling it. And it makes you think laterally and creatively uh-huh. how to do something and and you'll think differently and act differently because you can control that thought process. Cause if you think, okay, your boss gives you. A and you think, Oh, that's really hard to do. But then you double it to 40 and you figure out actually how to do 40. Then 20 is much easier, right? Hmm. Yeah, for sure. I mean, that's kind of, you know, ties to, you know, sales is about the, about the probability game. Yeah, you know, it's uh, all about numbers and, and and but especially you know when when you try to get the, your goals hit, you know, you have to be very careful about you know what you you spend your time and energy on to maximize the probability of closure. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's you know, I think very important lesson that the sales people should know. Along the same lines, what what's something that you think everyone should learn at some point in their life? Life. Mm, <laughs> that's that's a, uh, a bigger topic. So let me think of. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Uh, that's pretty much sums up what I just you know told you. But uh, yeah, don't don't satisfy the, the, the uh, uh, status quo, and and you know uh, always look for what what's uh, to achieve in the future, and 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 focus on yeah what you can do uh, right now to, to, to hit up those goals. I mean, I mean, I, I've been in the sales maybe a little bit too, too long <laughs> and I think about, you know, always growth minded and, and, and I try to be, uh, 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 you know, that person. So. It's awesome. I got to, so we're, we're, I got a couple more questions for you. The first one is uh, I'm going to give you some rapid fire questions. I always like ending with uh, some rapid fire questions. Just keep you on your toes. Come, come okay. up with the first answer you got. Okay, so I'm going to give you yeah. some of those. It's like Adam Glancing, isn't it? Yeah, you ready? Ready? Yeah. This is going to be rapid. Okay. What's your What's your favorite day of the week? Friday. Nice. 
Happy! It is Friday today too. It is Friday it's, today. Yes. <laughs> what's the last song you downloaded? Uh Elvis Presley. Uh, I think it's called uh, "Can't Fall in Love with You." Oh. I think. That's a good one. <laughs> nice one. Can't go wrong with Elvis. On a scale of one to ten, how good a driver are you? Drive. Uh five. <laughs> Not really good. I mean, I, I got the how much chance. Sometimes <laughs> not really good. <laughs> You're from Hokkaido. You got a lot, lot of space, right? <laughs> right, exactly. Okay, for uh, superpower, invisibility or super strength? Super strength. Ah, good one. And is it wrong for a vegetarian to eat animal crackers? No, I think it's more like personal choice. Okay, nice. Uh, thank you, Hiroki-san. Those are awesome. What? Uh, What's uh, one thing that I should have asked you that I didn't know enough to ask you today? Uh, maybe, you know, uh, hoping that some of the uh, newcomer to my company or that some of us expect to join this company, my company, maybe, mm. you know, you ask me what's your advice to them. <laughs> nice. So what's your advice to them? Uh, my advice is, you know, uh, especially sales career, uh, especially in, in my company, in Transpacific, you know, it takes some time to, uh, for you to see success. So, mm. you know, be patient, you know, uh, Roma is not building one day. Uh, if you want to build your empire, it takes some time. And especially sales, mm -hmm. uh, your job starts pretty much from nothing. Glad you have to, you know, build your network, build your clients and, and, and I would say it typically takes two to three years of drift. So know about that and 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 don't quit too soon. <laughs> yeah. And and you know, uh, I think you know if I were uh, to start a new position, don't quit for three years. And if you don't see any success three years, maybe it's okay to 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 move on. But uh, one or two years, unless you're a superstar, you know. Yeah. It's going to take some time, so be patient. That's my... Yeah, I applaud that. Yeah, I think it takes three years to get anywhere within sales. And then actually good salespeople tend not to move much anyway because they, they've built their empire and they've taken the three uh, years to uh, build their empire. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. That, that's so true. I mean, uh, I think you know, that's fair to think, you know, if you move to new, new, new role, you have to... the you know, everything from scratch all over again. I don't yeah. think it's good, good things to do if we are successful with that kind of position. Yeah. Well, thank you, Hiroki-san. Will, um, I know that uh, a little bit of a, a commercial here, that Transperfect is hiring for salespeople. We'll have a link uh, to yeah, Hiroki. And uh, feel free to reach out to him if uh, you want to become a, a sales superstar on Hiroki's team. And... Uh, Please uh, make sure to give us a, a five-star rating wherever you listen to our podcast. But uh, Hiroki-san, thank you for joining me today. It's been very insightful and wonderful to be uh, with you. Thank you for David.